This is Family Meal with Natalie Pelletier, a podcast centered around family recipes, but exploring much more. We talk food, family, and the jobs these creative chefs, foodies, and dreamers have had along the way. So pull up a chair, grab a plate, and let's dig in to Family Meal. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Family Meal. On this week's episode, I sat down with Chef Adam Cherney, who is the chef de cuisine at AOC Wine Bar in Los Angeles. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably realize that that is the restaurant that I currently work at. So yeah, I sat down with Chef. And for those of you who don't know, Chef de Cuisine means he is the the head chef at the restaurant. Um, Obviously, the restaurant was started by Suzanne Cohen, but he is the head honcho, runs a tight ship, is there um, and oversees day-to-day production. And let me tell you, he put some good shit on that menu. We um, recorded this earlier in the year, and the fun thing about this is that we actually recorded it on a Monday, and on Mondays near my house is a farmer's market. So we took a little stroll, kind of got a little inspo. And, of course, Adam knew, like, half the farmers that were there, which was really fun. But that, uh, you'll hear later in the episode, is kind of how he got in in the world, immersed in the world. He, uh, which, uh, you know, was a surprise to me, didn't start professionally cooking until his 30s. And he started in Los Angeles, even though he's from the Bay Area. What, what? Um, But when he was first started training, uh, one of the chefs took him to the market and then his eyes were opened and, you know, started meeting the people who are bringing the produce to the farm, to the table. Um, That was, that was cute, Nat. Uh, Anyway, he is a big proponent of just really watching it, being repetitive, going through those motions, but also about reading. I mean, his, his, his eyes were opened when he was reading these cookbooks, these time life cookbooks, which I'm now myself like geeking out about. He is a self pronounced curd nerd and makes some damn good cuisine. So without further ado, I lead you to this week's episode with Adam Journey. I have a very special guest, someone who I've worked with for three years now, which three is years. crazy. Adam Cherney, who is the chef de cuisine at AOC Restaurant in Los Angeles, California. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, so obviously, we've shared a handful of family meals together. More than a handful. More than a handful. More than a handful, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but <laughs> I want to talk about the recipe that you are bringing to the table, something that we're actually, um, springtime is on our, mm-hmm. a variation on our is on our spring menu. Mm-hmm. I know what it is, but mm-hmm. please do share. What is your family recipe? So the family recipe, we do it a little bit different at the restaurant, but the genesis of the um, dish came from my mom mm-hmm. from Northern California. And um, that's where, probably 75% of the world's artichokes are grown. Oh, no way. Um, I think that number might be totally wrong, but we grow a lot of artichokes. Fact check that for sure. Um, But uh, so they, when I was growing up, they were like relatively inexpensive Mm -hmm. and artichokes are a thistle plant, Mm -hmm. which is fun to say. Thistle. 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 Thistle plant. Um, And uh, so it's kind of a tough plant to cook. Mm -hmm. Like it's not easy. It's not like a carrot. You can't just 
you know, eat it raw right. or cook it very simply with butter or something. Mm-hmm. You have to cut the spines off. You have to pull the choke out. You have mm-hmm. to do all this stuff. And my mom's from uh, Germany, so um, she has a very like had a has a very European style of mm. like cooking. Okay, um, but also like that 1950s, 1960s from her mom, like like fondue and like all that kind of like cool like yes. American mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Which she now was seems always very retro. That. Yeah, now, now you know? it's like super retro. But then it was like new and exciting, or right? Whatever. And um, so artichokes were like a big thing mm-hmm. up there. And um, we didn't have a lot of money, so you know it was like a nice um, thing, like a treat. And it's, yep. so what my mom used to do is she would clean them up, trim them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if the stems are really big, she'd like peel the stems a little bit because mm-hmm. you can eat the stem too, which oh, is really nice. I didn't know that. Um, and she would just stuff whole cloves of garlic in there and then she would boil them for like 45 minutes Mm. and you just pull them out and then put it on a plate and we would have store-bought mayo that you dip it in yes mayo and it's really cool because the the garlic when you boil it it just kind of like turns to this like smushy Mm -hmm. stuff but it doesn't have that bite anymore yeah the garlic flavor um, it's almost like roasted garlic, but it but it doesn't have that roasted flavor. Right, like, just it, mm-hmm, that same it just kind of like. Just softens it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what we used to do. And the weird thing is, I hated mayonnaise. I hated really. Mayonnaise. I could not have it like on a sandwich. I couldn't have it on anything. But when my mom made these artichokes, it was just like that's what you do. You just dip, it. and I would eat like tablespoons with each like leaf of the artichoke <laughs> you know and it was so weird and then she's like I thought you don't like mayonnaise I'm like I don't and I'm but I always like that because it was like and it, I always like food that's like interactive mm-hmm. almost like mm-hmm. pomegranate's my favorite fruit like yes. because you have to like you can sit there and like watch tv and just like pull it apart and like pull all the little the little uh pips out or whatever yeah. you call them you and know? try not to stain your shirt i know i would definitely try not to stain your shirt yeah yeah <laughs> or pants yes um so what we we so that's how we used to do it and that's uh-huh. how it started yes um, so the restaurant um I was talking with the owner, Suzanne, uh, and Suzanne Goen, not to name drop, James mm-hmm, but, yes. but um, we, you know, we'll sit and we'll just talk about food and we'll talk about dishes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we were talking about artichokes and I started telling her about this dish my mom used to do. And she's like, I was like, I really want to do something like that on the menu, but maybe we can grill them. Mm-hmm. So what we do at the restaurant um, is we um, steam them instead of Ooh. boiling them because okay. steaming kind of... I prefer steaming even when I do it at home now. I mean, my mom used to just boil them, but mm-hmm. um, I like to steam them because they don't get as soggy. Yep. <clears throat> um, and then we'll, we'll, we do, we stuff them with garlic, just yep. like my mom used to do. And so you trim them? We trim them up. Um, if you're going to, if it's going to take a while, you want to do acidulated water, which is water and lemon juice. Just sounds fancy to say acidulated. Yeah, I was like, what the hell um, is yes. acidulated you, water? Yeah, you could do vinegar, but I like lemon, lemon juice. Just, yeah, okay. you could do vinegar if you didn't mm-hmm. have lemons, but um, we do lemons. It's okay. like the traditional um, kind of way we do it. Um, so we, we steam them, we pull them out, we cool them down, and then we cut them in half. And then we pull out the choke, part, mm-hmm. and then we grill them. Yeah. And then we do like we grill a half a lemon wedge that we uh, half a lemon that we put with it, and mm-hmm. then instead of you know we can't serve like best foods mayo <laughs> at the restaurant. We just can't. Really, yeah, we, we can't, can't do that at yeah. a James Beard Award winning restaurant. I mean, restaurant. Yeah, restaurant. <laughs> um, we probably could, but I don't think we no. should. <laughs> No, so no, no. we um, we make a, a to kind of play more with the with the garlic theme. We do um, 
a uh, roasted garlic aioli. So we take uh, garlic that we roast, and we had make aioli, which is eggs and oil, and mm-hmm. kind of make, which is basically man, you know, it's, it's mayo. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we do that, and before we did the dish, Suzanne and I were talking about it, and they also used to do artichokes in their family. Okay. So and they did a similar way; they would boil them, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. Um, but her family, they did mayo and they did butter because you can also do it with like garlic butter or drum yes. butter or something mm-hmm. like that. And her and her dad liked the butter and her mom and her sister liked... It's sort of like um, uh, lobster rolls. You know how people sometimes like mayo lobster rolls versus like hot... Yes. You know? Yes. That sort of... Yes. Yeah. That's Um, where my brain went mm -hmm. when it was like mayo versus Mm -hmm. the butter. Yeah. So it was kind of... uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. So we had like a bonding moment. And yeah. Then we put it on. We actually had it on the menu two years ago, mm-hmm. and it sold really, really well. And like I had people that come in and like, where's the artichoke? Right. And, you know, they're not in season. You know, they're not in season. But I would have our regulars come back and like they would order it every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. Every time. Like two of them, three of them, and I would just be like, oh, this is great. But um, we don't want to do the same things every year. Mm-hmm. But it was we liked it so much. I just wanted to bring it back because it's something like you go to the market and like. Um, I think it's Suncoast Farms, Mm -hmm. and I just went, and I saw these artichokes this, like, I don't know, a month ago, and I was like, oh, these are beautiful, like, and they hadn't been in the market for so long, and I was like, oh, we have to, we got to do it again. Yes. And I, I, like, tried to think of a different thing to do with the the globe artichokes, because they're the big ones, the the big globe ones, Um, and I just couldn't think of something that was better better than that for me, you know? Um, we've done other things we've done, like where we boil them in a court bouillon and then fry them up and mm-hmm. do them with, you know, different sauces and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I really like that. And then another thing with the dish, which I totally forgot, um, we do like a um, oregano, mint, garlic, lemon sauce. Mm-hmm. So we just take parsley, oregano, mint, um, lemon zest, um, garlic, and you just chop it all up and then douse it with olive oil and you kind of drizzle that on yeah. top of the artichoke. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that really adds like a different um, flavor profile. So it's it's really a garlic dish almost because mm-hmm. you have the roasted garlic aioli, you have the steamed garlic in mm-hmm. the leaves, and, the and then you have a little bit of raw garlic. You know, But the... you don't want to get too crazy with the... Uh, it's almost like a gremolata, mm-hmm. but yeah. we put... Um, it's, we turn it into a sauce by using the olive oil. The olive oil, yeah. It's so. delicious. Back to your mom. Mm-hmm. Is she the one in your family who kind of taught you how to cook or who was got you into it? Or was it your um, grandparents or was it your dad or uncle or um, who? My mom cooked all the time. Mm-hmm. I was not so much into the cooking part. Like, I didn't really care about I was in the sports. Like, I uh-huh. wanted to be outside. But my mom always, she cooked almost every night. She cooked something. Um, and my grandma cooked too, like when we would go visit her, she mm-hmm. lived in, uh, Marin so yeah. across the Golden Gate Bridge. So we would go and visit her a few times a year mm-hmm. and she would cook like, she was from German, like German, German, still had the accent. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My mom. Did she, your mom when, have an accent? When she moved here, but she would hear when she was 14 and then eventually she just lost. Out of the yeah. Ac- when she's getting mad at me, the accent would come like, <laughs> back out. Just like uh, when I get drunk, my Chicago yes, accent comes out. Yes. Yeah. I know. I've heard it before. <laughs> Um, and then, um, so, and so my grandma stuff, like she would cook, um, always like sausages, spetzel. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I always remember though is mushrooms and white wine Ooh. with butter and like thyme. She would always do that. And, um, it's one of my, still one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. Cause it just smells like grandma. You yeah. know, there's those yeah. things that just like grandma did and you're just uh-huh. like, Oh, it smells like grandma. But she always did like 
sausages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but my mom cooked all the time. So she cooked, um, you know, she would roast chickens or she would do... Um, my dad was in the Navy. Okay. So she did, he liked weird, some weird shit. Like, he liked <laughs> some weird stuff um, because he liked some of that Navy food. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a thing called shit on a shingle. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've heard it's, that term. It's a military thing, mm-hmm. and it's basically it's chipped beef on toast if you want to be, like, fancy about it, what it really is. But in the Army and Navy and military, uh-huh. called shit on a shingle. So they, because it would be, like, just a piece of toast. Uh-huh. And they would take like beef like scraps, wonder bread like wonder bread yeah i mean or texas toast, toast you could do yeah, texas yeah, toast yeah, like texas, if you want to yeah, do it, like yeah. you can do a nice version of it uh-huh. um if you like take your time and, and do it but it um basically it was wonder bread yeah um and then it's chipped beef so it's just like it's basically beef scraps yeah like ground beef and scraps and whatever fell on the floor i don't know like what they would do with it and then you just cook the shit out of it with like cream gravy and you pour it over the toast and it's like if it's spiced properly and you use like good beef it can be really good but my mom used to make like that Uh my dad loved that or like Uh beef stroganoff or um liver and onions like my dad loved Mm -hmm. liver and onions which i love liver and onions too but like that was like his go-to like liver and onions he would eat that every day if he could i know my friends always thought it was weird when my mom made me lunch a lot of the time and i loved liverwurst with uh mustard great sandwiches i think we would honestly do yellow mustard but man i gotta have that soon (laughs) liverwurst sandwich with uh, you know and every i think i was like oh yeah it's fine I feel like people thought it was weird, but I thought that the taste was so good. Yeah, you were the weird liverwurst kid there. I was. Oh, my the God. Weird, ew. What's Natalie eating? I mean, I did love peanut butter and jelly, too. Yeah. And turkey sandwiches I didn't like until high school, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Liverwurst is a lot. I love liverwurst. Yeah. It's like, we would, but we would do grain mustard and, like, um, onion. Mm. White onion. White onion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Yum. Do you have any siblings? I had a brother. I had a brother? Yeah. Did your mom ever, like... Make the two of you have dinner at a certain time when your when your dad was home, or was it like was our family sort of um, like Friday nights we have to have you know? Um, we ate together pretty much every night, mm. I mean, which was pretty good. Yeah, you know, um, not every night. My dad was a limousine driver, so okay. he had sometimes he'd have a job that he'd be out on, mm-hmm. um, and we'd save him a plate. And then as I got older, you know, I had a job, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, I worked in a record store, so I'd close oh, the store cool. at like 10 or something like that, and I wouldn't get home, but there'd always be, like, food, yeah. you know, food uh-huh. at home. Um, so there was a lot of cooking, because when you don't have money, like, you have to, you can't go out to eat all right. the time, you yeah. know, which we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, you know, <laughs> yeah. before we started recording. Um, and you just have to cook. Yeah. You know, you have to, to cook to survive. Exactly. To you got to you gotta yeah. eat, and you have to get creative with the things that are, are yeah. in your kitchen. So... Your mom was always cooking. At what point, because you're a chef, like, mm-hmm. when did that kind of become an interest to you more than just, like, oh, mom's making, like, mm-hmm. you know, yummy food? Or Well, I started, um, we had some cookbooks in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot. We had, like, The Joy of Cooking. And yep. I think we had Julie Child. My mom Child. had that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had, um, but we had, and I still, I still collect them. They're my favorite books. The Time Life did these series of books, uh, cuisines of the world. Mm. And there's like one that's like, the one I remember reading first was the Italy one. And I thought it was really cool because it had 
all these rad pictures in them. And it was like, oh, they have this thing called lasagna. It's from like 1962 and people in America didn't know what lasagna was or they didn't know what raviolis were yet. Oh my God. All these things that Mm we now take for granted. Take for granted. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what, you know, uh, Magna Cauda is or like what all these, which I always hack up the pronunciation because mm-hmm. in the restaurant we call it Bagna. We just call it Bagna. It's Bagna. Bagna Calda. Mm-hmm. But I, Bagna I, never, Calda. I never say it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like back then, like people didn't know what, you know, Cavatelli was or just mm-hmm. anything yeah, like that. Those, so yeah. to me, I'm reading it and I was like, what? Whoa. Like I, when I was reading it, I knew what it was because it was 1997 or something like uh-huh. that. But these books are so old and they have these old, cool old pictures. But they do like Italy, France, like rustic France mm-hmm. um, or like countryside like yeah. cooking mm-hmm. Germany you know Moroccan cooking and it's cool because I started getting into history and like cultures and stuff like that through reading those books and it kind of made me want to try different foods mm-hmm. you know because I just wasn't that into food like I was I ate you know mm-hmm. to survive but I wasn't really into it but then when I started reading more about it um, it was like a a way to, to that was interesting to learn about the world. It was like a way, a window into the totally. world, like to learn, you know, different, um, just di- like Cultural about different thing. people. Yeah. Right? And San Francisco was like always very culturally, culturally diverse. <clears throat> so I had friends that were from all different kinds of cultures. Yep. And you'd go to their house and like, you know, I had a Filipino buddy. I'd go to his house and, you know, his dad, like you, they offer you food, like you have to eat it. Like you can't be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> You're you like, know? but his dad, I remember I went, I was picking him up for school in the morning cause I had a car and he mm-hmm. was just like eating like a whole fried fish and rice. And he was just like, sit down here and like giving me this fish or that, you know, you go and they have lumpia and you learn about all this different stuff. And as you delve more into these dishes, you kind of learn like why the dishes are made that way. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is just like endlessly fascinating to me. Like totally. the way that, you know, why do people cook, you know, a certain way, like in Italy, like in the South, they use more olive oil because mm-hmm. they have more, more olive oil tree. trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the North they have more butter because they have more cows, you know, mm-hmm. but just like, that's a very simple thing. But like, as you delve more deeper into it, like I can nerd out about all kinds of stuff. Oh, but please. Like, yeah. yeah. Nerd, nerd out. But that's, I mean, uh, that's like what really got me into um, starting to get interested in food and eating and mm-hmm. and then cooking, like actually doing the cooking. My dad was like, you know, if you ever want to get like a woman, you need to be able to do two things. You need to be able to dance yes, or at dad. least not be scared <laughs> to dance. You know, you don't have to be right. a great dancer, but you have to be able to get on the dance floor and just yep. dance mm-hmm. and learn how to cook. What sound is, advice from yes. Papa? And my dad did not know how to cook, so I don't know how he got my mom. <laughs> I guess he must have been a shitty, like a really good dancer, like yeah, something really good. Cut a rug, yes, because he could not cook. Um, so yeah, so then I was like, oh okay, and then like I would you know go on dates. I'm like, oh I'll cook for you, and I know what the hell I was doing, <laughs> and I would just like wing it, but. And then I just kind of started learning. Did you ever like really fuck up on cooking for? Oh yeah. Dates. Oh yeah. I, um, my uh, my wife, uh, when we first started dating, I went to her house and I was like, I'll cook you shrimp tacos or something, or I think it was tacos or burritos. And I went and I went to Chinatown in San Francisco, uh-huh. and I didn't have a lot of money, so I was like going to. Uh, there's so many like stalls uh-huh. there, and I would go and I would get by like one. Like one thing of garlic, like like a half of a not a cl- like half of a, bu- a, 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 a bulb bulb yeah, 
and I'd go and like it's 19 cents a pound that place has it for 17 cents a pound and it's like <laughs> yeah like it, I was mm-hmm. so cheap like mm-hmm. I was just like getting Scrapping all this stuff together yeah I got the cheapest shrimp I could find they were frozen and um I cooked them to death like <laughs> Because I didn't realize that you're, you know, you're just you're supposed, just supposed to, to barely, them barely cook pink. them. Yeah. They, like, shriveled up into, like, little nuggets of nothing. And I put too much lime. And it was, like, <clears throat> it was, uh, yeah, it was a horror show. It, it was, was a horror was, show. Yeah. But, she, but we yeah. ate it. And it was and fine. It was, we had some mm-hmm. Pacificos with it. And, yeah. You know, and we then, watched the movie and it was great. Yeah. yeah. And, all, and, all was, <clears throat> and all was good. Yeah. So you started, um, did you start, like, cooking in restaurants in San Francisco? Or did you, was that no, not until? I didn't start cooking in restaurants until I was in my early 30s. Really? Yeah. Um, I worked at the record store mm-hmm. and that was like my first career and then I was in uh, advertising and marketing for another like seven or eight years. No maybe nine years. Uh-huh. And then um, I just wasn't liking what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, in my life. And my wife was like, I think it was just my girlfriend at the time, you know, she was getting her, she had just gotten her doctorate mm-hmm. from, from Stony Brook in, in Long Island. And we moved out to L.A., and I worked in the same field of marketing for mm-hmm. like a year for a couple companies that were just, like, crappy and was unfulfilling. And she was like, well, when are you going to, like, do what you want to do? Like, you're you're not having fun. Like, I can make money, but I'm not, a, like, that money motivated. So right, right, the right. money does not, like, motivate me at all. Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't say at all, but it's, like, that's yeah, not why like, I do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a friend who was talking to me, and it was, like, doing sales. He was like how unfulfilling it is because like you do it and you sell a thing and you got some money but like nothing was created like nothing was brought into the world you're not leaving a mark in any right. way no one's going to remember that big sale that you had <laughs> like no one cares right, no right, one gives right. a shit you know like no one cares um and so eliza was like you know what you know when are you going to you know figure out what you want to do and I always cooked at home. Like mm-hmm. she didn't, she doesn't like cooking, you know, yep. it's not her thing. She was, you know, and when we, she was in graduate school, I cooked every night. I would go and work and then I'd come home and, and I'd cook and I would just practice and practice and watch food network and mm-hmm. read, you know, food and wine magazine and, you know, cookbooks left and right. And then I was like, all right, I'll just, I guess I'll, I like cooking. Let me try it. Yeah. And that's what, that's how I started. Like that's was you know, what kind of motivated me to start doing it, you know, to get into the restaurant industry is harder and easier than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister-in-law, <clears throat> I was having trouble, like I was applying for jobs, but I had zero experience. Right. I worked in a kitchen and she was like, why don't you, you were in marketing. Why don't you do an email and like write an email, like saying, you know, what you want to do, why you want to get into the kitchen and da, 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 da. So I had that and I started emailing it out to all these people, like everywhere I could. And one person got back to me, Neil Fraser, who Fraser, um, who owns Redbird okay. downtown. Yep. And I talked to him and I didn't realize how big time of a chef he was. Uh-huh. And what he talked to me and he was like, but his restaurant was moving at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was like, I'll just come work for free. I just want to come in the kitchen. I want to see what it's like. I want to see if I like it and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was, so it was like two weeks. I couldn't find anything. <clears throat> and it was like, it was like 10 at night and I was like drinking a beer and I wasn't, I was maybe a little tipsy, but I was like, God damn it. You know what? I'm just going to fucking email this guy. And if he doesn't respond back, he's going to miss out. I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. And I sent the email and went to sleep. Next morning I wake up, my answer machine is blinking. And it's like a five minute long voicemail from Sandy, who's the owner at Pache Restaurant, like 
super nice. He's like, oh, dude, I totally get it. You want to come in, you know, um, give me a call. Here's what my kitchen's like. Here's like he gave me like a, a literally five minute long wow. voicemail. And I was like, like I hung up and pumped my fist. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I was like out of all the places. That's where I wanted to work. And, and it, look at the response you got. And I emailed him last. Like, yeah. I was, like, pissed. I was just like, <laughs> fuck it. Stop, fuck it. stop being a little bitch. Just fucking email. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. And um, so then I called him, and we talked for 20 minutes on the phone. Mm. Like, he told me all about the stuff. And he also used to live in San Francisco. He went to culinary school there. So we started talking. And um, he, the fir- he was like, yeah, just come up, and um, we'll go to the farmer's market. Um, well, actually, the, f- the first day, I was like, I didn't know what to bring. So he told me to go to the s- store Surface, and I mm-hmm. went, and I bought a knife, and I bought a bag, and I bought, like, a jacket. And like, first day of school. Yes, total yes. first day of school. And I went to, there's a bagel shop by there, uh, by where we lived, and I went, and I'm talking to the lady, like, I'm going to go work in a restaurant today, and da 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 and I'm 32 years old, you know, like, I'm an adult. Like, it's just like, and then he calls me, and he's like, oh, I got to cancel today, I can't have you come by, I have my kid. I was like, oh, man. He's like, but you know what? Come by. It was a Tuesday. He says, come by tomorrow. We'll go to the farmer's market together. And we go, chatted the whole way there. He, we went and he just introduced, started introducing me to all these farmers. And he's just like, this person grows these great things here and this is that. And I was like, oh, this is like a whole other thing that I didn't even think about. Mm. You know, not just being in the kitchen, but now like integrating all these farmers. Yeah. You know? And he's introducing to me all these great chefs around L.A. because he knows everyone. And I was, like, starstruck. And then we go back to the kitchen. Lo and behold, everyone in their kitchen is non-native English speakers. None of them speak English. One guy spoke English okay. Uh And the rest of them were like, no. And I didn't know what to do. And he was like, we're unloading the market. And we unloaded it. And I just saw the guy, like... He was taking the tops off of beets. Mm -hmm. So I just walked over next to him, and I just started taking the tops off the beets. And then... So that day, I didn't really work in the kitchen. And then I was just like, can I come back tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, come back tomorrow. So the next day, I had, like, all my full chef uh-huh. stuff on. And he introduced me to this guy, Juan Carlos, who is the head of prep. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, you're going to work with Juan Carlos. And Juan Carlos was the one who... English was like okay, mm-hmm. but not great. Yeah, you know it was hard. So I had to learn everything just from watching his hands and watching what he did. Wow! And he would just have me do, um, you know, started out just like peeling garlic mm-hmm. or peeling shallots or whatever. Um, but I, w- I just kept coming in every day, and I was like, "Can I come back tomorrow?" And I for free for like a month and a half, oh like gosh. six weeks. Because we were already poor, and, and Eliza was like, well, we're not going to get any poorer, so just, <laughs> just go do this. do it. You know? And then um, I kept coming in, and then one day Sandy was just like, all right, I'm going to pay you now. And he, then he just started paying me, like, 10 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And then every, like, few months he would just give me a raise. You know, it was really yeah. bad. Like, mm-hmm. it was super cool, and he was a great mentor. Yeah. But Juan Carlos ended up being, like, my first, like, real kitchen mentor. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that he taught me of just, like, you know, tasting. So a year goes by, and I was pretty good at all this stuff now. Like, after a year, because I would also, like, leave, and I would go to the coffee bean and tea leaf mm-hmm. and get a large coffee, and I would read for, like, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go to Trader Joe's, buy food, and cook dinner. So, like, mm-hmm. my whole first, like, two, three years of cooking was just, like, all... All day, all the time. Reading about it, doing it for a profession, going home and doing it. I can't believe that you just... That's how you learned 
how to cook was just mm-hmm. through your your days of prep and through mm-hmm. reading and then doing it. I did you ever get like proper you know, not, not that that's not proper, mm-hmm. but like, did you ever go to cooking any sort of culinary? I would have loved to go to culinary school, mm-hmm. like go to the CIA and like or something. something like that mm-hmm. in New Hyde Park. So it's just been through reading and doing and talking to other chefs yeah. and like, really, I know people hate on Food Network, but in Food Network, like I watched like Alton Brown and like would learn yes, technique Alton from Brown. him. Like mm-hmm. the science behind that stuff is amazing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or travel shows, you know, where they go and eat all over the the world. You know, Andrew yeah. Zimmern, like his stuff's um, his shows. People hate on him too. Like, oh, he just eats fucking cow eyeballs or whatever. And like, yeah, he does that. But he also like goes to Madrid where they roast whole suckling pigs and talks about the culture. It goes back yes, to like what I used to exactly. read is like, you know, you you can learn from anything. You yeah. know, you know, cooking wise, you know, what to do, what not to do, stuff like that. Did you move? Somewhere else? Did you go to Luke? Were you at AOC? Um, How, what was your sort of trajectory to get to land you where you are now? Well, I was at Pache, and then they started letting me work at night. Uh-huh. So I got to work the dessert station. And um, the chef, um, the head guy who ran night, was yeah. not a big fan of mine. You know, we're friends, but he just yelled at me uh. all the time. <laughs> all the time. And... I just got to the point where I knew how to make everything in the restaurant. I knew how to make all the dishes, mm-hmm. you know, from desserts to the pasta to... I just felt like I needed the next the next thing, mm-hmm. you know. And um, going back to the farmer's market, I, you know, you make friends with people at the market. And I started, you know, meeting people. And I met the chef. I met Javier, who's the chef, uh, was the chef at Luke at the time. Uh, I met Dennis, who was the chef at Tavern. I met Lauren, who was the chef at AOC. And then, so AOC used to be at a, old, a different location. They were moving to this new location. And she was just like, hey, if you, need any, if you know any cooks, like, let me know. And I was like, hmm, maybe. And then I was like, the next week, I was like, you know what? Let me let me come see what's up. Let me, you know, I, I might be looking. She was like, mm-hmm. really? Come on in. It was like a week before the opening night. Mm-hmm. Um, so my stage night was the first opening night. Not friends and family, but like the actual wow. opening opening night. Um, but I got to learn um, a different type of cooking, like real line cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, line cooking is like a it's like a craft. You know, Definitely. it's like it's like being a carpenter almost because mm-hmm. you have to be able to make the same movements over and over and over and over and do it well and like have the the dish come out the same, the same. every time. Yeah. You know, once you get it, it's like it's a it's to see like a line working together and put pumping out food that's like tastes good, looks good, is coming out on time. It's beautiful to watch or to, to be a part of. It, it's even better. Like to Definitely. be on the line, you're just like. I don't know. It's a it's a machine that just, you know, then translates to everyone else's experience. I mean, yeah, the, just like and all the noises are, you know, going off, mm-hmm. but it's like you guys are in rhythm mm-hmm. and just working as a Yeah. Or like calling out their calls and yes. like, you know, fire mm-hmm. two fried two fried chef, you know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like mm-hmm. you get in that rhythm. Collie like, pop, like yeah, you know, whatever, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, getting in there. So it's a lot of that's that part's definitely like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know. It's cool to have and why I love food so much is it is just such a medium that you really get to to share um in such a sensory way with mm-hmm. people, you know? Yeah. And and since you've been teaching them and they're growing and, mm-hmm. you know, we're just all a all a big big family now. Yeah. I mean that's that's 
you know, because we all spend so much time with each other. You yeah. know, even back in front of the house, like I feel like at AOC, anyway, we have like a great um, camaraderie with each other mm-hmm. and we, uh, we, <clears throat> you know, we hang out sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, the front and the back of the house, we get, all get along, we tell jokes with each other, you know, we support each other, yes. you know, which is really big, which I, I haven't worked in a lot of restaurants, but I heard, I've heard horror stories of that is not normal. That's not really the case. Yeah. As you'll know from here, if you've listened to other episodes, I, my family recipe, which isn't even like a family recipe, it's just one of my favorite things to make is uh, chocolate chip cookies. So mm-hmm. I give all the all the guests on the show chocolate chip cookies I that know. they can eat, eat now. Eat, at eat, them. eat. Gonna, oh my god! I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like so the, the Malden salt. On yes, the Malden nice. salt. Um, they are fantastic cookies. I've had them. Yeah. Before. This is a, a random question, but is there something that you're like excited to try to learn how to make? Cause it, it seems like you're always sort of teaching yourself kind of bettering yourself or you're like, I want to be better at cooking mm. fried chicken okay. or I want to be better at cooking this or there's some, um, dish from, you know, a German dish mm-hmm. that, like, I remember my grandma making that I mm-hmm. want to try to recreate. Or do you? Is there anything like that um, top of top of mind? I just recently we had a new um, a new cook, and he used to make cultured butter at his old place. Oh, so he cool. taught me how to make cultured butter. It's really easy. Nice. Um, it turned out good, but we we need to tweak it, and we're uh-huh. gonna, you know we're going to play around with it. But you you know then you have the butter. Like we make our own creme fraiche. So you'd use the creme fraiche to make the butter. But then when you make the butter, all the buttermilk comes out, and you can use that buttermilk to make your next batch of creme fraiche. So it's like this cycle yeah. you know, type of thing, which I think is kind of cool. If you were to define family meal for yourself, what would what does that mean? Like in the restaurant? It can, or, it can, I mean, for me, it means a few things. But, I mean, you know. family meal is just like when you're sharing a meal with people that you consider your family, whether they are or whether they aren't. What, um, what are some of your comfort foods? Comfort foods for me, definitely the mushrooms. Like for me, it's like my dad's chili. Mm-hmm. My dad improved my grandpa's recipe Mm -hmm. and my grandpa had a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so this chili has just literally been in my life forever. Mm -hmm. Beans or no beans? Beans. Beans. Kitty beans. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm down with the, I like beans and chili. My mom used to make chili too. I like the beans. I know in Texas they'll like hang you for that or something. Yeah. No, no, no. You're not allowed to have Midwest. No, it's really, it's like the beef, tomato, Mm -hmm. onion, the garlic, and then green pep, green bell pepper. Mm -hmm. And um, celery mm-hmm. to me, like I'm like that's comforting. Tomato soup and grilled cheese. That's like my. Um, I think like a really good burrito. Is there like a spot in LA that you know makes good ones, or do you make good ones? Yeah, I mean, I can make. Yeah, I mean, we make them for staff meal at least once a week, twice mm-hmm. a week. Yeah, you know, uh, we make tacos mostly. Yeah, tacos. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know how to roll burritos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But in San Francisco, we used to go to a place called La Taqueria. Mm-hmm. Um, that place is amazing. Um, that with like a agua fresca, like a strawberry agua fresca or something, is just like totally money. Yes, um, probably like a carnitas burrito. Man, now I like want a burrito. I know, and actually, you know, another comfort food for me, which I don't make enough, is chicken livers. My mom used to make chicken livers with sour cream, so she would like fry them. And then again, chicken livers are cheap. They're like no one wants to eat them, right? You know? But it's a thing that I grew up with, just like mm-hmm. fried chicken livers. And uh, you dip them in sour cream. That's it. Super simple. 
Super simp. I think I'm going to make that soon, too. Yeah. Just reminded me. That's awesome. I have a few rapid-fire questions. Okay. Let me stretch so you want for to, that. Yeah. Okay, stretch. You can have another bite of cookie. Okay. What's your go-to snack? Go-to snack now is um, nuts. Nuts. Nuts, like walnuts, almonds, or like trail mix, or um, just sliced turkey. What Sorry. What's something you always have in your fridge? Cholula. Hot sauce and LaCroix. La, uh, LaCroix <laughs> La sparkling water, yes. which we, was one of the first things we bonded over mm-hmm. years ago that we yeah. drank that all LaCroix. Toasted or untoasted bagel? Untoasted. 10 out of 10 times. Untoasted. Yes. The only time you toast a bagel is if it's an egg sandwich or it's an old bagel. If it's a if it's a bagel, like you're getting it from a bagel shop and not out of a, out of a plastic sleeve, um, untoasted. Always, because I want to feel like the chewiness of the outside and the softness of the inside. And also, if you toast the bagel and you put cream cheese on it, the cream cheese fall, falls off. Oh my god, you're so. This is Maddie's exact. Like you and Maddie are on the same page. I like a little toast on my bagel, but if it's like fresh, like a really fresh bagel, I just like it to be a little warm. Yeah, but it should be a little warm if it's a fresh bagel. Yeah. Like, but it shouldn't be. To, no, it's to, then it's just then it's just bread. It's not a bagel anymore. But you know, if it's, it's been bread. there for like you know two hours, so even go though. to a different bagel shop. If you're making an egg sandwich, like bacon, egg, and cheese mm-hmm. with a bagel, toast it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Then ten out of ten yeah, times, toast, toast it. it. That's because you're because you're going for a different thing. But if yeah. you're doing like bagel with lox, cream cheese, capers, red onion, untoasted, untoasted. Always interesting, interesting. That's, and that's a, that's another comfort food actually. Mm. Now that you mentioned bagels, like that lox bagel sandwich with lox, cream cheese, capers, sliced red onion, maybe tomato, very thinly sliced tomato if mm-hmm. it's like in season. But then that's another thing, like when the tomatoes in there and you go to bite it and it squirts out everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no cucumber, no sprouts, no weird California crap on there, like Jewish Just- deli. Like where is, do you have a go, go-to place in LA to get that? Like, mm-hmm. I know it sounds crappy, but I lived in New York and the fucking bagels are better there. Oh, uh, that's not even, that, that is a, a known fact. Yeah. The bagels I mean, are better in New York. I think my favorite bagel that I've had has been from Bagel Broker. Bagel Broker's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't, there. but I also think that they, I haven't had their like lock situation. I just go and I'll get like bagel and cream cheese. That's good. But I don't know if there's like I didn't know if you knew of a place that I haven't tried where there's it's like some good locks that are like in um, oh Wexler's. Oh Wexler's. yeah 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 yeah. Yeah sorry the Wexler's. Duh, Wexler's. Wexler's is fantastic. Yep. Yeah yeah that place is like the sturgeon. They do like a one with sturgeon mm. and just lemon juice and yeah so good so good yeah yes um, chocolate or vanilla ice cream or just in general. Um, God, that's a tough one. Probably chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, chocolate's chocolate. Where are you dying to eat next? APL. Yeah. That's where we're going next uh-huh. week. I want to go there. Um, out here, I also want to go to Bavel, um, which is... Have you been there? Oh, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah I want to go there. Hoffa. I want to oh, check that yeah, place yeah, out. Oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. If you, you're having a dinner party, what are you putting on your menu? I would probably do some kind of cheese board. Like I would, you know. Love it. Because I've been, you know, took over the cheese program at AOC from mm-hmm. Hamilton like three months ago. And I've really gotten into it, mm-hmm. like becoming a curd nerd. Like, curd nerd! Yeah, like learning yes. about where the cheeses come from and the stories behind them. So I'd probably do like a really nice 
curated cheese board yep. to start with and maybe some charcuterie too. Mm-hmm. And I would start probably with, I would use those cherries. Mm-hmm. I would probably make like a cherry cherry salad with, um, I don't know, some maybe some almonds um, would probably go well with that, like some sherry vinegar or something. I would probably bought some of that green garlic and mm-hmm. like... Um, maybe done like since it's a little chilly like maybe a pasta dish with like maybe like a springy you know um, type of type of thing like maybe some Swiss bed some really nice Swiss chard that I saw over there green garlic you know as long as you're buying like good good stuff you know um, you don't have to make everything no um, and then for main dish so I'd probably try and do something with lamb maybe braise I'd probably braise lamb I'd probably get like a lamb shoulder and braise it and start that early in the day so like I can just pull it out and not have to yep. mess around with it um, I would probably do in like white wine and maybe like with uh, like blood oranges or something like that so it'd be like a little fragrant maybe a side dish of like some potatoes like just maybe even mashed potatoes yeah um, that and then I would just um do some fruit for dessert. Who the fuck wants to make dessert after doing all that? You yeah, know, like, right. I mean, fruit is always my favorite dessert. I or I'd, I'd send you over some cookie dough that you could put yeah, in the Yeah, there oven. you go. Yeah, you could be one of the guests and you could just bring the cookies <laughs> with you. you or yeah, have someone else bring Yes, yeah, that's actually a good dessert. tip, actually. If mm-hmm. you have people bring some cookies or, you know... Like um, stuff to... Uh, like ber- the they can bring berries and like whipped cream or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Wow. Dinner party at Adam's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, those are my sort of like, you know, little rapid fire questions. Is Mm -hmm. there anything else that you want to add on food, on family? I am so, I had no idea that you, this was your journey to to AOC and that here you are the, the CDC now. I mean, do you have any, um, other aspirations, tips? Like, I don't know. Mm. The floor, the floor is yours. Um, I haven't been planning out my career that much like at all you know like when I started I was just like I'm just gonna start cooking and see what happens Mm -hmm. and then I just learned and saw what Um, happened right and I'm kind of still doing that like everyone's always like hey when are you gonna open your restaurant when are you gonna open your restaurant when are you Mm -hmm. gonna open your restaurant when are you gonna open your restaurant like when are you gonna give me $200,000 in investors if you (laughs) open a restaurant it's not easy to open a restaurant I mean restaurants open and close all the time in LA I'm still really learning a lot of stuff Mm-hmm. You know, and you know when I stop learning, maybe that's when I'll start getting itchy feet and be like, or itchy fingers or whatever the hell the the, the, the phrase the, is. The <laughs> is. Um, and want to you know do something else yeah. or whatever. But like I'm still learning so much like on a daily basis. You know yeah. that's why I tell my sous chefs like one of the main things I, I tell them is fucking just do it now. Like do whatever it is, just do it now. Because if you don't do it now it's going to add to your list and your list is just going to keep growing. Mm -hmm. So you need to free up time for yourself. My pet peeve, which I know, I hope all the servers know by now, but I'm going to say it. So it's on record. Do not come back and tell me how long it's been taking for the dish. I'll tell you why, (laughs) because I fucking know how long it's been. Cause I've been yelling at Sarah for 10 minutes that it's been taking 20 minutes for the sweet potatoes and then the server comes back and it's like hey chef it's been it's been 20 minutes I'm like just go away I'll give it to you just tell me you need it mm-hmm. I'll just say hey chef I really need those sweet yeah. potatoes and we'll get it for you yeah. we'll do it like we we're talking about like we have each other's mm-hmm. back we got it when you say that number I'm just like oh my god 
Mm-hmm. Why? Please. Don't throw the number. Don't say the number. Because I know it. Because also, I feel bad for the cook. Because I've already been yelling at them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come back and it's like, it's been 20 minutes. I'm like, get the fuck out of my kitchen. <laughs> I don't say it, but I'm yeah, just Yeah, but like, you're at the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a... That's a so I guess I just gave a tip too, right? Don't yeah. come back and say that. Don't come back and say, that. Back and say that. If you're a... Um, if you're working on the line, like just always be doing it, like and preparing ahead. Yeah. You know, just always, you know, be be moving forward mm-hmm. and just like, um, you know, the most important thing I think is just you know get up and you know, Jorge is one of our <laughs> one of our fantastic bussers who's now also a food runner and he's a bar back. Yes, and, uh, his English is getting better, mm-hmm. but. He says there's a four-point plan. Have you heard his four-point plan to success? No. At AOC? No. Come in. Do your job. Shut the fuck up. And go home. That's it. (laughs) And it's so true. Like, just come in. Do your job. Don't complain. And shut the fuck up means don't stand around being quiet. It's like, don't complain. Right. Like, come in. Help. Help the people. Help. Like you were last night. You're mm-hmm. just like, hey, I got hands. I'll help you run that. Like, you don't need to, but, like, you do it. But that's just a part of it, yeah. Yeah, but that's, like, it's just a part of it. And then just go home. Like, mm-hmm. you know, come in. Do your job really well. Don't complain about it. And then go home. Yeah. Because no one wants to hear your complaints. No. You know? Like, every once in a while, we all complain. We all mm-hmm. go like, oh, my God, this right. thing happened and you got to get it out. But when it's like... Let's not be those people who are complaining on. every day because, you know what... That's just... It's no fun. No. Because then you don't want to talk to them after a while. You're like, oh, they're a downer. Like, Such a downer. talk to them and it's like, uh, Yeah. I talk to you. You're lame. So, um, that's, that's a good... Right? That's a good tip, right? Yeah. Fucking stop complaining. <laughs> stop complaining. Stop complaining. Just do your job. Just You're getting do... paid. It's mm-hmm. okay. You yeah. Know? And you get to go home. And you get to go home after. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like... That made me laugh when Georgie said that. It was... So great. Yes. Um, how do you think um, Leo would would rate these cookies? Oh, don't make me do that. Leo would love these cookies. Have you ever brought Leo cookies? I think he's had them before. I think you need to bake some cookies for Leo. Just for him. Just for Leo. And he would love these cookies. He would say that these are delicious. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to do it in Leo voice. But okay. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Um, but um, Adam... Also, another small thing, which I will try to link. I don't really know how to do it, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll link uh, the grill series that we did oh, cool. in case yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys want to have any other like grilling summer's coming um, tips. Because mm-hmm. Adam and I did a fun little series on that, which was two years ago, which is great. Like yeah, two years, years ago, ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and we did a little. I did a little wine pairing. I learned how to grill a little bit better. And I do mm-hmm. now, so I'll link that, and you can see some action. We should do another one of those. We should. We really should. I'll think. I'll think on yeah, what. We should do a date night one. Yes. Like how to cook for a date night mm-hmm. type of thing, maybe. Yeah, I think that I mean, sounds like a great idea. Cool. Instead, or a dinner. Now party. that I'm going on so many dates, really? Yeah. Ooh. There you go. That's a, that's your other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Nat goes on dates. Nat goes on dates. Got some good stories. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming. Oh, no, thank you. This and been fun. So fun. Enjoy the, the cookies, cookies yes. obviously. Um, I'm going to give one to Jackson. Maybe yeah. if it makes it. 
And I will probably I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. At work. See you tomorrow at work. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, attached will be the recipe for how to make artichokes. All right. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of Family Meal. Uh, there was a quick fact check that I will bring up. Uh, Adam said that uh, 75% of the world's artichokes come from California. Quick Google search said uh, said this verbatim. Virtually 100% of all artichokes grown commercially in the U.S. are grown in California. Artichoke production occurs year-round, but nearly one-third of the crop is harvested between March and May. The other smaller peak that generally happens is in October. So yeah, we can get your choke. We can get our choke on, uh, even though it is November, uh, quickly approaching December. Man, those holidays are going to come on. I'm really excited, though, because I'm going to bring a special episode of Family Meal when I'm home with my family. And we will uh, do a little roundtable discussion, which has never happened on the pod. So get ready for that. And there are a couple more episodes before I kind of wind up this first season, which, again, thank you so much for listening. This was such a, you know, passion project of mine that I really brought to life And I just really thank everyone for listening, supporting, reaching out. And I I wouldn't be doing this without you. And if you uh, do feel like supporting even more, uh, there's a glow.fm page, which you can subscribe monthly or just give a one-time donation to help the cause. No pressure. If you don't want to do it, don't worry about it. But, you know, running a one-woman show. Actually, a two-woman because I have an editor. And uh, she is the shit so that is glow.fm slash family meal podcast if you would like to donate otherwise just keep listening and feel free to reach out to me on social media and suggest any other people that you would love to have on the show again this first season was just me kind of figuring it out like you know how how to manage my time which you know working on that and uh get get everything in motion so season two next year bigger guests. I mean, I had big guests this year, but you know, bigger guests, tighter timelines, all that. And so many more recipes, so many more family stories. So thank you again for tuning in and I will see y'all next week. 